If you have your Bibles, would you turn them with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9? That's what I want to speak to you about. Always a more meaningful thing when you can speak about a subject when people's minds are on them. I know there's a lot of uh, thought about people buying others' gifts. That's a wonderful thing to do. God's a giving God. You're here today because God gave you a gift. He gave you a gift of life. He let your heart keep beating. He kept your brain together. You know, your sanity is a gift of God. Certainly is the breath that you breathe. God is a God of gifts. He daily loads us with benefits. The Lord God just doesn't wait to a special day to give us gifts. He, he He gives us gifts every day. Whether it's the sunshine or the rain, He keeps all of that together. He, we take all that for granted, but He doesn't have to do that. And our God is a giving God. We want to see in this text about how great of a giving God that he is and look at our own hearts and see how good of a giver I am. Now, I've given a lot of gifts in my day. I try to give, you can't give everybody everything, but I try to give good gifts to my children, my wife, my family. I never was able to give too many good gifts to my dad. It just It's hard to give a gift to your dad, you know, he... He always had the money to go buy anything he wanted. What am I going to buy, Dad, you know? So it was all, always something stupid that I bought my dad. But, but I've given cars to people. I've given real nice guns to people. That's still a good gift, amen. Just got to watch how you do that. Giving money to people, people like that, that, that gift. Try to give things that are special, that are meaningful. I gave a ring to somebody one time when they were young. Put it on her finger. That was a gift. They'll probably do away with that tradition too. Just forget the ring, you know. Just let's get hitched and that'll be it. I like that giving gifts part. And... uh the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse number 15 is our text when he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, that is on the heels of verse 7 where he talks about us, where he says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And the truth is, you put verse 7 together with verse 15, and this is the truth that you find. I can give because He gave. And I can learn to give from the giving of my Father. I can be a cheerful giver because I can look at how God gives His gift. That's true about love. I can love because God loves. And that's true about so many things in our lives. Now, there's three things in the Bible that he specifically says are unspeakable. I want to mention all of those before I get back to this text. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. 
In this same book of the Bible, in 2 Corinthians, he also speaks of something else being unspeakable, not just God's unspeakable gift. But look at chapter 12, just a couple of pages or chapters over, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we find a man that made a trip to heaven. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 3, And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how, verse 4, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful, for a man to other, of, of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmity. Paul speaks of someone that was caught up into paradise. And of course we know what he's talking about in verse number 2. He says, in the verse such an one caught up to the third heaven. So this is the place where God lives. And so we understand now from the Bible that paradise that used to be in the heart of the earth is now up where God lives. It's raptured up there just like Jesus took those captivity captive and as he went up to heaven and that's a whole nother message but this paradise that's in the third heaven that the thief on the cross when Jesus said today shalt thou be with me in paradise it's the same place and it's up in the third heaven there's the first heaven where the birds fly and the second heaven where the stars and the planets are and then there's the third heaven where God lives I'm glad that God lives in a place that's above everything above everything that we can even imagine God's home, God's dwelling in the third heaven. And the man was caught up in the paradise. And it was up in the third heaven. The Bible said that he, he heard unspeakable words. Now that's a ironic statement. If they're unspeakable, how could he hear them? But, but the phrase unspeakable words, and this is what I want to call to your attention as we go through this text as we're trying to get to this unspeakable gift. When he says something is unspeakable, there's, there's a deeper meaning than that than, than just it can't come out of the mouth. These unspeakable words, he says, which, he says in the verse, which is, is not lawful. For a man to other. The reason they were unspeakable words is because it was not lawful. It was not permitted for the words to be spoken that he heard up in the third heaven. God wouldn't allow it. Do you know there are still some things that you ought not speak about? You know, I'm sure all of us have had things in our lives that, that are unspeakable. You probably have some embarrassing, some embarrassing event in your life that you would never speak of. We, uh, all of us, we have probably had uh, some sinful or wicked thing occur, if it's not in our own heart or life, that we have acknowledged or seen or known in our own family that we would not dare speak about. You know that's true. There are some things you just don't talk about. Matter of fact, God even says in His Word that we need to be simple concerning evil. There are some things in this world that you ought never talk about. There are some things that are not lawful to speak, and, and that's what He means by these unspeakable words. You shouldn't talk about it. You're not permitted to talk about it. It would be wrong to speak of things. 
It'd be wrong to speak of these situations that are, that are in our life that are so sinful. We ought not talk about them. God doesn't want us to speak about them. We, we ought not talk, we don't talk about things we're ashamed of. Now I will say this as I, cause it's a good time to say that. There are things today that we used to never talk about that we have to talk about today. Because we live in a different world than what I grew up in. We live in a different world than what you adults grew up in. And this is, I'm fearful because I understand there's a line of things you cannot discuss. But I understand also there are things that we have to discuss. Matter of fact, I think maybe the church has been too silent with some things that we have to address with our young people. We cannot assume any longer. That, that it is not our place to address certain things with them. Now there's also a lot of things. We, we don't talk about the, the, the depravity and the grossness and the details of sin. We don't, it's not permitted. It's not lawful to speak about those things. But there are some conversations that we're going to have to have. And probably we, we may be doing that more and more. And as a church, maybe even getting with some of you parents and saying that. Because I think some things that we are not speaking, the world is speaking. And they need to hear the right voice on it. But when we look at these unspeakable words in, in this chapter, it's, it's not something that, that's ashamed, that to be ashamed of. It's not an embarrassing situation. It's not something that's so bad that we don't talk about it. It's not something so wicked or so sinful that you should not engage in a conversation. No, no, no. This is words that are heard up in the third heaven. These are words heard up in the paradise of God where all is holy and all is right and all is pure. Why could he not speak these words? I, I, my mind is gone in the same epistle uh, or, or the first epistle to the same people where he talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, I hath not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. There are things about heaven that we don't need to hear about. Because if we did, we wouldn't know how to process it. In other words, I believe that Paul made a trip to heaven and he not only heard things he couldn't repeat, he saw things that he couldn't share. Because eyes not seen, ears not heard. There are some things that God, we'll we'll have to wait till we get there to see all the glories and all the wonders of heaven. You say, why is that? Now John did write down what we need to know about heaven. John wrote down, and that wasn't for Paul to write about. That was for John to write about. And he, he wrote about in the book of the Revelation about that city that's up there in the third heaven and the, the street of it and the gates of it and the people that are there and the measurements. He told us so much about the, the, the heavenly creatures that are there and the throne of God and the rainbow. There's a whole lot of information about heaven in the book of Revelation that is written to us. But I'm going to tell you what, there's a whole lot of things that God knows about heaven and that are true about heaven that he would never let you hear. You know why? If we knew the depth of the wonders of heaven, we would all be suicide freaks. As a matter of fact, I think this man right here had that problem. 
He was caught up in the third heaven. He heard words that were not lawful for a man to speak, unspeakable words. He saw things. You know, all these people say, you know, did you hear that guy? You know, he, he died and went to heaven and came back and talked about it. I, I, I don't believe that. I believe heaven's so wonderful. If you went there, if, if, if even we got all the information about heaven, we would want to stop our life tomorrow or today, right now. Is that not what this man said? He said, I have a desire to depart. To be with Christ, which is far better. I'll tell you what, if you're walking around here wanting to leave the planet, if you're walking around everybody wanting to die, that's not a good situation for people. Because we have that every day. We have that uh, this time of year even. The, 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 uh, the depth of sorrow about people wanting to take their lives and end their lives and leave and leave this world. God doesn't want me walking around every day wanting to die. God wants me walking, wants me walking around every day wanting me to live for Him. Is that not right? Now, there should be a desire in my heart to go be with the Lord. I'm not saying that. But, but Paul said this, I had to stop. And I said, it, but it's, it's expedient for you. It's helpful for you. i got to do the will of God. God's got a race for me to run. And, and man, I tell you what, what I saw and what I heard, anybody that would be stoned to death as Paul was and get up and go right back into the city where they stoned him from is a man with a death wish. Because I'm telling you what, he saw things in heaven that said, man, I want to leave here. What I want to tell you is, heaven is so wonderful, God can't even tell us how wonderful it is. He can't even describe it. It's unspeakable. It's not lawful. Because you couldn't handle it. Heaven's such a wonderful place. He says it's unspeakable words. Because we, we could not process it. Oh, aren't you glad that God's got a place prepared for us that, that it's so wonderful that we couldn't even talk about it if we knew all about it? That's a pretty good place. That's a place that ought to warm my heart and know that God's got something better. You know, there are other unspeakable words even in the epistle to the Corinthians. He told a man over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28, he said, let him keep silence in the church. Unspeakable words. What were those unspeakable words? It was words spoken in another language without giving a interpretation or a translation of what was said. In other words, don't speak words in the church that bring confusion. If I, if I got up this morning and I started preaching in Romanian, I could do that for a little while, but you wouldn't like it. You, it wouldn't help you. Well, why should I speak those words? They're unspeakable unless there's someone to interpret. He said, let him keep silence in the, in the church. Not lawful for you to get up and say things in the church that cause confusion. By the way, that's a good thing. Don't speak words in your house that cause confusion. There should be some unspeakable words at your house. Don't, don't speak words in your house that cause confusion. We're to speak words in our house that cause edification. We don't want to speak words in the church that cause confusion. We want to speak words that are plain and clear and that edify and, and, and make plain what God says. He says, if you're just going to get up and ramble or babble or something, speaking something where nobody understands you, he says, then you need to keep silence in the church. He also said in the same chapter, he said, let, let the women keep silence in the churches. You know, and I know that's lost in this generation. And there, the Bible will, will never be with the times, amen, because it's an eternal book. I don't want it to be with the times. 
The Bible goes beyond our times. The Bible is more relevant than our times are. God says there's some words that shouldn't be spoken in the church, whether it's by a man or whether it's by a woman. There are some words that you should not speak. Do you know in heaven, the Bible says, there's going to be a time in heaven where nobody's going to speak. It will be a time of unspeakable words. He said in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1, when the seventh seal is open, he said there'll be silence in heaven. God won't let the angels speak. He won't let the cherubim or the seraphim. He won't let the saints of God speak. He won't let it. Silence. You know, Habakkuk tells us about that as well. He says, let all the earth keep silence before them. Do you know that there are times, listen to me, that there are so holy that you ought not say a word? I mean, they're so holy that, that, that there shouldn't be anything said. I really believe when you meet Jesus Christ, it'll be like that. When you stand before the Lord and you see Him for the first time, I I believe it'll be a time where it's not law for you to speak. You just keep your mouth shut. It's too holy. The Lord is in His holy temple that all the earth keeps silence because whatever you would say would mess up the moment. That's like old Peter, old dumb Peter. Thank God for Peter, but man... Here Jesus in all of His glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. His face is shining like the sun. Moses is there and Elijah is there up there on that mount. And God the Father speaks from heaven. This is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. And then Peter says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Really? And let us make here three tabernacles. One for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. In other words, Peter, this is such a holy thing. It'd be best for you to just keep your mouth shut. It's a time of unspeakable words. You know, I've had, you know, we've had some of those holy times in our lives in churches where you just meet with God and there's really nothing to say but just stand in awe in His presence. Paul said, I can't, I came back to, I can't talk to you about it because they were unspeakable words. Would you go to 1 Peter chapter 1 as I hurry? The second thing that the Bible says is unspeakable, not just our words, unspeakable words. But he says in 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse number 8, he says in 1 Peter 1 verse 8, whom having not seen, Ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He speaks of unspeakable words in the Bible and tells us of it. And now he's telling us of an unspeakable joy. He says, ye rejoice with joy. By the way, you can rejoice without joy. You can rejoice and and it be hollow, it not be real. There's nothing behind it. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. The joy is so real and so deep and so rich that it cannot be expressed. We find unspeakable words. They're not lawful to speak. This unspeakable joy, it's just not expressible. Have you ever been so happy you just couldn't say anything? You didn't know how to express the joy that you had and the happiness that you had? You couldn't, you, 
It's like, cat got your tongue, you couldn't say anything, you're just so happy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wish, I wish people knew that joy. We say joy to the, Lord, joy to the world. <laughs> There's only joy to the world because the Lord has come. Most of the world says, well, joy to the world for the presents have come. <laughs> no. No, there's not, that's not real. That's not joy. You can talk all about that. Oh, I got this gift. I got that. No, that's, that's something you speak about all the time. Joy to the world. The, uh, the party has come. No. no. Joy to the world. The sales have come. No, that's something we talk about freely. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. The Lord brings such a joy in our hearts if we'll allow Him to that we can't even express it. Look at that verse in verse 8. He says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The reason that it's unspeakable is because you're so full of glory you don't know what to say. You don't have any expression. You, you, don't, you, you don't have any vocabulary for it. You know, the Bible says that we... We beheld his glory, speaking of Jesus. John 1, 14, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He says, whom having not seen, we love. And even though now we see him not, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory because we know we're going to see him and he lives in our heart and he means so much to us that he fills our life with so much joy. It's like he filled that Old Testament temple when he filled it with his presence. The, the priests could not minister and that they didn't have words to say, that they didn't have an activity to do because God's presence was so full in the temple that there was nothing that could be expressed or done. Oh, that God would fill our temple. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're God's temple that God would fill us, that we would have such joy that we could not express it. You know, emotions say things words can't. That's, that's for good and bad. I've seen people so angry. <laughs> they could not put in words the anger that they were experiencing in their heart. By the way, that's where all those curse words and blasphemous words come from. It's because people just don't know what to say. So they just grab a byword and they throw it out. Because they don't have any way to express how much they're hurting or how much anger they have. But this is not unspeakable words of anger or unspeakable words of hatred or unspeakable words of hurt. I, I, I know, have you ever been so hurt you couldn't say anything? unspeakable emotion that you have. The Bible even tells us that in Romans chapter 8, that the Spirit of God makes, listen, listen, makes groanings and intercessions for us which cannot be uttered. In other words, our hearts can be so burdened and our hearts can be so overcome with emotion that we just can't speak. Oh, I've had times with God like that. I've had broken times in my heart of repentance like that. If you've never had a time like that with God, you need to have a time like that with God. I remember when I totally took my hands off my life and I went to the altar. I, I didn't know what to say, but I tell you what, my heart was speaking unspeakable words. 
Because I had unspeakable, I had un- unspeakable uh, 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 contrition in my heart. And as I poured my heart out to God, I could not say anything. The tears spoke. But it was unspeakable. But you know what? Our text is not about unspeakable sorrow or unspeakable contrition or unspeakable repentance or unspeakable hurt or unspeakable anger. It's unspeakable joy. Unspeakable joy. Do you have that this morning? He said, no, preacher, I don't have it. Well, you got it. Look, we've got to let God fill our temples with glory. We've got to let His glory and His presence. You can't manufacture that joy. All the new relationships or new jobs or whatever you try to do in your life will never give you unspeakable joy. Only God, only the Lord can fill your heart to the point it's so good you can't even talk about it. That's the relationship He wants to give you. I don't see you, Lord, but boy, you've got joy in my heart and I can't even speak about it. It's so wonderful. I've heard enough stories of the unspeakable sorrows and the unspeakable hurts. I've seen enough about the unspeakable anger and unspeakable hatred and bitterness. Let's find some unspeakable joy. And I tell you, church, if the world can't find it in us who know Christ, they'll never see unspeakable joy because He's the only one that can give it. Unspeakable words. Unspeakable joy. But would you go back to your text? Our text is about an unspeakable gift. I try to get my head around that. Well, what, you know, he doesn't even say what this gift is. Would you look at the Bible with me again? He says there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, at the last verse, verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Doesn't tell you what it is. So what is it? God gives a lot of gifts. Yes, but they're not all unspeakable. You know, when I think about God's gifts, immediately I think about being saved. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, if you don't know that, you need to have that memorized. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is a gift of God. It's a free gift from Him. But you know what? I don't think it's the unspeakable gift. You know why? Because I talk about it all the time. And God tells me to talk about it to other people all the time. Hey, I've been saved. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hey, I've been redeemed. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you about God's salvation. Oh, I don't think that's the unspeakable gift. I think that's the gift of God that needs to be spoken all the time. To your neighbors, to your friends, to your enemies, to whoever, to the whole world. Thank God for the gift of salvation. Oh, and that gift of salvation, there are so many packages that are... Have you ever opened up a big box and you just had a lot more gifts in there? And when you opened up one, you just opened up another. I think my wife did that one time or or somebody had one big box and you just opened that to get another box. (laughs) And you opened that box and then there was another box. Until you got down to something that was about this big. But oh, that little thing. But you had to go through all these packages to get this thing. I think that's how God's salvation is. It's a gift of 
of saving us from our sins. Hallelujah. What a gift of God. It's free, but it's also a gift of God's grace. It's God's grace that is a gift. Ephesians 3, 7. He speaks of that gift of the grace of God. He speaks of it in Romans 5, 15. That gift is by grace that God gives us His grace, His favor. But, but I get to speak of that marvelous grace. I get to sing of that grace. I don't think that's His unspeakable gift. I can, I can put that into words. Well, we could go to Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. What a gift. God saves me from my sins. But he doesn't just save me from my sins. He gives me eternal life forever. He could have saved me for a day. He could have taken away my sin for a month. Are you listening to me? He could wash me for a little while. But when he gave me a gift of salvation. And he gave me a gift of his grace. He gave me an eternal gift that's going to last forever and ever. I don't think that's the unspeakable. He gives me His righteousness, the gift of righteousness, which is, by, oh, what a gift that God, if you'll get saved, God will give you His righteousness because you're not righteous. What a gift. Guys, would you think about God's gift? If you're saved this morning, He gave you a gift of salvation from your sins and from hell. He gave you the gift of His grace. He gave you the gift of eternal life. He gave you the gift of His own righteousness. What a gift. You know what else He gave you? He gave you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, aren't you glad that even the Gentiles could get on that? What Peter said, can we forbid baptism to these people that these Gentiles that have received the Holy, the gift of the Holy Ghost just like we got the gift of the Holy Ghost? No, we're going to baptize because God gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost just like He gave. Oh, what a gift. Is that the unspeakable gift? I don't think so because the gift of the Holy Ghost in me is constantly speaking. He's speaking to me. He'll speak through me. What is the unspeakable gift? If you look at your text. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I think you can find it in the previous chapter, in chapter 8, where he says in verse number 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. I think the unspeakable gift is himself. You see, God the Father gave us His Son. But the Son gave us Himself. It's more than just a ticket to heaven. The gift of God, I believe, that is so unspeakable is that Jesus Christ would give Himself as a gift to humanity. The Bible tells me in Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. The Bible tells me in Galatians chapter 2 verse 22, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I 
But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Bible says, Ephesians 5.25, that the Lord loved the church and he gave himself for it. 1 Timothy 2.6, the Bible says that he gave himself a ransom for all. How big was that gift? Guys, you know, many times the greatest gift you can give somebody is you. I know these young people and our children that are back in junior church, they love to get presents, they love to get gifts, and that's fine, it's good. But the gift they really need is you. You, as husbands and wives, how we go through life and we can do special things one for the other, that's good, that's appropriate, that's, that's wonderful. But the greatest gift that we can give, which we fail to do sometimes, is giving ourselves. You can give people that you love different things, your friends. But the greatest thing you could do was give them you, give them your time, give them yourself. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What is it? Jesus Christ did not just wrap up a package of salvation and say, here you go. Jesus Christ did not wrap up a package of forgiveness and say, right here, here, here's your gift. Jesus Christ did not wrap up a ticket of eternal life and said, here, here, you can have this, or his grace, or his right. It wasn't just that. Jesus Christ himself was the package. He said, I'm going to give to you me. And guys, that, that's what, you know why most people aren't saved? They don't want the package. Maybe they want to feel better, but they don't want the gift because the gift is Him. The eternal life is in Him. The grace is in Him. The righteousness is in Him. The salvation's in Him. Everything's in Him. And He says, I'm giving you me. Do you want me? So many people don't want to go to hell, but they don't want Him. And I'm telling you, the unspeakable gift is Him. You know why it's unspeakable? Because there's no, it's not that it's, it's, it's lawful. It's not unspeakable words that are not lawful. And I don't even believe it's the unspeakable joy that's not expressible. I don't believe it's that. I believe this gift of God Himself, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, giving Himself to us, it's unspeakable because there are just not sufficient words. There's no sufficient way to describe how Jesus would give himself 
to me. How he would give himself for my sin. How he would be so interested in me to wrap himself up in a package with nails and give his life for me and give his blood for me. I'm not worth that. It's not, there's no sufficient way for me to describe that. There's no preacher that can put it into words. There's no commentator that can aptly describe it or, or have vocabulary to say it. It's unspeakable because it's Jesus Christ in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwell. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the ending. Everything you could ever say great is in Him. There's no way to describe Him. There's no way to put all the words about Him but for Him to take Himself knowing who I am and what I am, and Him wrapping up the package of His own life and giving His life as a gift to me. How could I describe that? How could I say words that would be? What, What can I say? Except, thanks be to God that you gave me a gift that's so wonderful I can't describe. It's not me getting to live in a wonderful place called heaven. It's not me having all my problems taken away. But Jesus, the Lord of glory, You gave me you. And all I can say is thanks. Because it's an unspeakable gift. Now let me ask you a question. What gift would rival that? God wrapped up in a package and given to you. The Word that was God being made flesh and wrapped up in flesh and bones and blood and given a package to you. And man says, I like my toys. I have other gifts that I'm interested in. The magnitude of this gift is indescribable. I should never have a gift like that. I don't deserve a gift like that. And it's unspeakable because it wasn't just given to me. It's been given to millions have come and he's given himself to them. I wonder this Christmas will you think about the unspeakable gift? Jesus gave himself for you. It should be so easy for me to give myself to him because my package is not very impressive. But his is full of glory.
So, Lord, why don't you take my life? As a gift, why don't you take my praise? Because all I can say is thank you.